Hey everyone, I hope you're all doing well. We are at the end of our series on parenting in today's culture, and I hope that this has been a a beneficial uh, series for all of you. Uh, This is something that we began um, uh, a while back during Vacation Bible School. We offered this uh, for parents, and uh, it was... Um, we got a lot of positive feedback uh, during that time, and many of many of those who attended that um, that that VBS for that parenting class uh, commented that they thought this would be something good for other parents as well. So I wanted to include this in our podcast and in the, our Facebook videos uh, for those who weren't able to attend our vacation. Bible school meetings. And so uh, as we conclude things off, the way I concluded it during Vacation Bible School was a time of Q&A. I asked uh, the parents to submit any questions they may have of things that either we covered that they would like clarification on or things that maybe we didn't cover that they would like for us to address. And so I wanted to include that uh, in our time as we uh, close out the series uh, again. So uh, the questions I'm going to answer uh, this week are going to be many of the questions that we address during that Vacation Bible School uh, time, and I hope you will enjoy them. Now, the first question that we talked about was, what is the proper response to a child that says that they don't want to come uh, to church anymore? And this is something that we hear about quite a bit with parents. You know, you don't uh, many parents struggle with forcing their kids to go to church because they don't want their kids to have an aversion to church. They don't want to, um, their children to um, push back against that whenever they get out on their own. And so many parents wrestle with, should I make my kids go to church? Because I, I hate for them to have a, a bad taste for the church in their in their mind because of being forced to go. But then again, I, I don't want them not to go because I know how important that is. And so uh, let me just address a few uh, things as it relates to um, uh, this particular question. First of all, we as parents, while we should listen to our children, while we should um, hear them out and hear what's going on in their heart and in their mind, we need to understand that as parents, the most important thing um, for us to do for our kids is not to give them complete freedom. and and it's to cultivate their character and, and to steer them in the right direction. And so while I am sympathetic to those who are trying to achieve a good balance um, in things like this, we need to understand that we don't give complete freedom for our kids to make decisions like this in other areas of our life. Uh, if our kids don't want to go to school, we don't sit there and haggle with them or convince them or let them decide whether or not they're going to go to school because we're afraid that they may get a bad taste uh, for academics uh, if we force them to go to school. No, they go to school because that is what is right. That is what is going to bless them and and, and uh, benefit them in the long run. Uh, we don't um, let our kids decide whether or not to go to the doctor or to the dentist. Uh, we're not really afraid of that putting a bad taste in their mouth if they're forced to get a checkup or if they're forced to get their teeth cleaned or, or things like that. We understand that that is an important part of life. And so in the same way, uh, them going to church, them being exposed to biblical teaching and them building relationships and being a part of the church is vital. And so don't let your kids and don't let society um, guilt you into this idea that you shouldn't force your kids to go to church. Yes, absolutely. If you, if the kids are under um, your authority uh, and they are not uh, adults and out on their own making their own decisions, then they should understand that it is expected of them to go to church. 
And I understand that as they get older, as they become uh, teens and they start driving and things like that, it can get very difficult to um, make your kids go to church. But again, you still have an extraordinary extraordinary amount of um, authority and influence in your kid's life. And so you let them know, hey, if you're not willing uh, to go to church and to be a part of uh, the life of this family, this very important part of the life of this family, and there are going to be other consequences as well. You're not going to be able to go to that concert, or you're not going to be able to go to your friend's house, or, you know, okay, if you want to go that route, then you can start paying for your gas, and you can start paying for various things like that uh, uh, in their own life. And so there are there are things that you can do to um, encourage them, wink, wink, nod, nod. You can encourage them that this is the best thing for them. And again, it doesn't matter how um, how much you listen to your kids, how much you uh, talk to your kids and try to convince your kids or, and you try to get them to go to church and stuff like that. Um, your kids, when they get older, they're going to do what they want to do. Okay, And so you can't control that. But while they are... Uh, with you and while you are parenting them, uh, you you do what you're supposed to do. Not um, Don't parent based on some hypothetical fear of what they may do in the future. They may run away from their church. That's fine, but that's a choice they make. Um, you do what you're called to do as a parent, and what you're called to do, one of the things you're called to do is disciple your, your children and make sure that they are plugged into the community of like-minded believers. Also, one of the things that I think it's really important for us to understand is that as much as your kids may push back uh, with things like this, kids truly do in their hearts, and I, can, I haven't met a kid who will acknowledge this, but it really is true. I've seen it time and time again after they've grown up and, uh, and they look back on this. Kids crave boundaries. They need structure. They need guidance and discipline, and n- no one likes that guidance and discipline and things like that in the moment, but in their heart, that's when they thrive. That's what they need. We all do, and so don't get discouraged and don't get disheartened just because it sometimes is a fight to get your kids to do what they ought to want to do anyways. You keep um, you keep moving in that direction and guiding your children and don't give in uh, to that fight. And, and don't feel guilty uh, just because it's a struggle sometimes. Life is a struggle. Parenting is a struggle. Um, but that's what we're called to do. So another question um, that was asked that I would like to spend some time on is the question, what are some ways to encourage kids to begin thinking about their purpose after they've been saved? And so this is really great, and this is something that is near and dear to my heart as well because um, uh, this is something I struggled with after being saved. I wasn't really sure what I needed to do, and it took some time for me to, to really grapple with that and understand that and, and to begin moving in the direction God would have me. Um, and, and we as parents really need to be sensitive to this with our kids because uh, we can fall into uh, this trap of thinking that um, you get saved, you get baptized, and then you just go to church and that is your and that is your act of worship is um, just uh, going through these motions on Sunday and Wednesday and things like that. And we can unintentionally teach that to our kids as well. And so what I would encourage parents to do for themselves as well as for their their kids is to read and talk a lot about how other Christians 
uh, have and are serving God with their lives. And that's just not uh, pertaining to pastors and missionaries and things like that. But there are Christian business leaders. There are Christian teachers. There are Christian, uh, you name it, police officers, whatever you want to call it. Uh, there, there are all different types of professions where people um, live their life, but they incorporate their Christian values in that. Um, and so uh, read about that. There, there are all kinds of resources out there that speak on that. Um, one of my uh, favorite biographies is that of George Mueller. And um, he was... Uh, he was the overseer over an orphanage uh, in England, and there's just a powerful testimony of him uh, watching over these children, providing for them, teaching them, and his prayer life is something that will really inspire you. So if you've never read about George Mueller, I really encourage you to pick up his book, read about that, and read it with your children. And there are many other uh, examples of that that are really good. Uh, also, serve in various ways. As serving, whether it be in the church or whether it be out of the church, is not just something for adults, but for children as well. And when you can bring your children along with you to serve in various ways, it really helps them see how they can be a part of the body of Christ and how they can serve. And maybe they'll discover their talents or their passions that will help them and guide them towards God's will for their life. Another question that was asked is, at what age do you begin to explain to your child how to be saved? Now, the quick answer and simple answer to it is you should always be explaining to your children how they can be saved from the earliest age. They should be seeing it in your life. They should be exposed to it in church. Uh, and you just continue to teach those truths. Now, I think what a part of the question that's behind this or the motive behind this question is there can be some elements of the gospel message that may be frightening to some kids because uh, just um, just as there is this wonderful news of hope and grace, uh, we only truly understand that news of hope and, hope and grace because of the dark news of the gospel, which is we're all sinners. We're rebels against God. And we're, uh, we're destined, apart from Christ, uh, for eternal separation uh, from God. And so some... Uh, people may have worries or concerns about expressing some of those parts of the gospel to their small children. But again, as long as you are um, uh, talking about these and discussing these with your children in an age-appropriate way, um, then I think that's okay. You don't have to go into graphic detail of what um, what hell is like and, and things like that with your child so that they have nightmares at night. Uh, but you can talk about how we all do bad things, and you can talk about how, uh, you know, when we fight with our siblings, when we take toys that don't belong to us, these are all bad things that not only grieve the heart of your parents, but also grieve the heart of God. And we can talk about some of those things in ways that are appropriate from this so that they understand sin, but not so deep that it... Um, it weighs them down unnecessarily. And so uh, just keep that in mind. And as far as assessing whether or not your child is ready to accept Christ, uh, what I really recommend is that you ask them open-ended questions. There are going to be times where your child is asking about salvation, about the gospel, about uh, sin, and things like that. And I understand the temptation as a parent that you want to see your child accept Christ and to become a Christian, uh, but we don't want to rush the process uh, and get ahead of what the Holy Spirit is doing in their life. Because the danger in that is that you rush forward before the child really understands the gospel. 
they pray a prayer, they they go through the act of baptism before really understanding all these things, and now all of a sudden they have this event in their life where they seem to rely on that for the assurance of their salvation, but they never truly understood the gospel. And that can lead to a lot of confusion. It can lead to uh, getting away from the church, or it can lead to rededicating their life later, which is perfectly fine. Um, But again, we want to make sure that our children understand it so they can avoid some of those struggles that they may have. So if you ask them open-ended questions, and what I mean by that is ask them, well, what do you, why do you think that we need to be saved? And listen to what they say. And do they, are they communicating to you that they understand sin? And if they talk about sin, ask them, well, what is sin? What does sinning mean? Why are we sinners? And then just let them talk. Don't explain it to them. Don't feed their answers. Don't give them hints as to what they should say. <clears throat> but just hear where they are and talk, ask them about, well, why did Jesus have to die? How does that affect us? And just kind of work through some of those open-ended questions. And at the end of it, um, then you can let them know that, hey, you know, I'm so glad that you are asking these questions. These are wonderful questions, and I want to continue to talk to you about these things. And you can always come to me uh, and ask this, and we'll work through this. And if they're not ready, but they're uh, not quite ready, maybe they understand some components of it, but they don't understand all of it, then take some time, work through Scripture, and kind of... Explain to them those things that they don't understand just yet. And as you as you explain those things, then just give us some time. It's okay. And you can even come to uh, your pastor and discuss it with them. Um, but don't rush it. There's, there, there's no need to rush. If God's already working on their heart and he's guiding them to them, then God cares. I know this sounds um, uh, strange, but God cares much more for your children than you as their parent does. He's entrusted them to you, and he wants them to accept Christ just as much and more than you do. And so allow the Holy Spirit to work on them, and and, and that's okay. Just work through those open-ended questions. Now, now, if your child understands the gospel and you feel confident in them moving forward with that, it's perfectly fine for you to talk to your pastor. That's good, but you can also just Pray with your child right there. You know, it, it's okay, and you can pray to accept Christ. And, and um, you know, that's, that's a, a, such a, an important gift as a parent to, uh, to introduce your child to their Lord and Savior. And so don't, um, don't bypass that and give that uh, blessing to someone else. You know, if you really just want to make sure that they understand that and you want to go to your pastor, that's perfectly fine. You know, I would love to do that. Pastor would love to do that or whoever your pastor is would love to do that. Um, But, you know, my preference is even when a parent comes to me and talks to me, I would love to listen to that testimony and and work with the parent and child. But I'm always going to offer to that parent to lead their child in prayer Uh, just because that is a wonderful gift that I would never want to deprive any parent of. Um, but that, that's kind of how you kind of work through talking to your child about the gospel. Now, another question that was asked is, how do we handle discussions about your child dating someone uh, who has a different religious belief or maybe is an agnostic or an atheist? Now, again, I want to say at the outset that we can't control um, other people. You know, uh, we can influence other people. We can um, we can uh, encourage them in certain directions. But even with kids, there does come a point that even when they're living under your house, you can't control them. Now, you can influence them, but you can't control them. So keep that in mind. 
understand that uh, you need to guide them and direct them, but don't sit there and try to um, have all power over them. Um, now, that means you, you really need to be careful with your temper. Um, it's easy for parents to lash out and to yell and scream, and we all lose our temper from time to time, uh, but we need to be careful of that. A again, we are stewards of these children, and they are ultimately God's children, and we need to be Christ-like in how we guide them and direct them. And we as parents, we are stand-in representatives of God, and in many cases, the way our, we interact with our kids is going to influence how they see their Heavenly Father. So just be mindful of that. Um, and we need to be, make sure that we don't approach and react in these moments out of fear and, and things of that nature. Now, with that being said, um, first of all, you need to be praying for your child. Um, and that should be even before they begin dating. Uh, make sure you're praying for them. Um, now, as uh, as you are praying for them and you address this with your child, you need to make sure that you talk to them about the importance of values and worldview, that um, they have a lot of emotions going on as they're dating this person. I know they feel strong feelings for them, but help them understand that dating is the baby steps that lead to eventually marriage and um, that who they date will eventually be who they marry. Maybe not this person, but eventually they're going to date someone who ends up becoming their spouse. And so they need to get to, into the habit and the practice of looking for people and dating people who share the same values and worldview that they do. And there's a lot of talk about missionary dating where you are a Christian and uh, you find this person that you really like, but they're not a Christian, but if I date them, maybe I can win them to Christ. While there may be the random stories that, that happen like that, that is the exception by far. More often than not, it drags that other person down and away from Christ, away from the church. And so that does not need to be a strategy. Be friends, sure, but don't date people who are not Christian. And especially don't date people who are of another faith. You know, relationships and especially marriage are already difficult enough as it is as broken people in a broken world. But it's even more so when you don't share the same values and worldview. And that also goes to unequally yoked Christians. Uh, if you have a very strong, um, solid Christian dating a very lukewarm and apathetic Christian, that's going to put a great strain on the relationship. And so calmly discuss this with your uh, child, ask them questions and pose things to them that they may not be thinking about, and, and be patient. Allow God to work in their heart and you be a tool in his hands to guide them to making smart and wise decisions. And they're going to make mistakes. Hopefully it won't be anything that can't be undone, but you know, just be patient and guide them in that process. Now, how often should you have family devotions? This is one that came up quite a bit, especially um, when we discussed family devotions early uh, in the series. And again, you need to prioritize discipleship over devotions. Just, you know, there are some families who can have devotions at the dinner table and then they don't talk about God the rest of the week. That's not what God is looking for. Not, he's not looking for our parents just to check off the box that they've read the Bible and prayed with their child, but that they are ongoing, day-to-day, -day, discipling their children, not just around the dinner table, not just as they're going to bed at night. And again, not, there's no one-size-fits-all. Um, some families will have devotion every night. 
Um, some families will have devotion uh, every other night or a couple times a week or whatever it may be. You're going to have to find what works best for your family. But it's the discipleship aspect. It's these ongoing discussions. It's encouraging your children to read and study and grow on their own. Um, and this is going to change in different seasons of life. You know, earlier on in your life when your children uh, are infants, it's going to be really hard to do some of that stuff. As they get a little bit older, it might be easier. As they become teenagers, it might be difficult again. Different seasons of life, uh, you need to be able to adapt and to work with what works best for your family during that particular time. Uh, I've always encouraged um, parents to set a goal of three to five times a week doing devotions. Again, that's a goal. That's not legalistic. If you uh, go above and beyond that, great, awesome. You're knocking it out of the park. If you don't uh, hit that goal, that's okay. Maybe you had a rough week. Don't beat yourself up and, and heap shame and guilt on you. Pick yourself up. Try again next week. Maybe you just had an off week or whatever it may be. Um, but having that goal of three to five devotions a week is usually pretty good. But again, devotions is not the... The, the main focus, it's discipleship should be the focus. Uh, another question that was asked is, what are some tips uh, for negotiating tools for teenage boys who want to stay up late? <laughs> and when I first read this question that uh, was asked during Vacation Bible School, honestly, uh, my, my take was, you always need to listen. You sometimes can explain. Again, you don't always have to explain as a parent. You don't always have to explain why you are making a rule or making a decision or whatever. Always listen to them. Sometimes explain, but never, ever negotiate. And again, I don't know if that's right or wrong, but that's just my, my approach uh, as a parent. Take it for what it's worth. But I'll listen to my children. They, they have free reign to explain why they want to stay up late or why they want to see that movie or whatever it may be. I'll listen to them. That's fine. Um, I, I may just still say no without explaining because you know what? God doesn't always explain things to us. Um, sometimes we just need to listen and we need to respect the authority that's over us and we need to obey even if we don't understand and even if we don't agree. So a lot of times I'll explain. Sometimes I won't, and that's okay. I'll listen to them. I'll explain some of the times, but I never negotiate. I never say, well, if you'll go to bed early without fussing, then I'll do this later. No. This isn't a negotiation. This is you can make an appeal, you can talk, we can discuss this, we can do it in a respectful way. But in the end, um, what what the uh, what your parents say, that's what goes. Uh, and, and and we as parents need to understand we're not our kids' friends, at least not at this season of life. We're their parents. We guide them and we direct them. There will be a time where you can be more of a coach or more of a, a, a friend to your children when they are older, when they're adults, when they have their own kids and things like that. But at this time, you need to have those boundaries. Um, another thing is a uh, uh, question that was asked, uh, what are some tips to help with a defiant seven-year-old who thinks that she's 17? And again, uh, my response is uh, there are certain rules. You establish certain boundaries, and the key to that is consistency. You've got to keep the consistency uh, there. And, and I know it's going to be hard. Some kids are uh, really headstrong and stubborn. I get that. But you just keep at it, and you, you have uh, consequences, you have boundaries, and you enforce those. Uh, another one real quick was, what are some good devotions for husbands and wives to do? Uh, let me just give you a, a couple real quick uh, in our remaining time. Uh, a Marriage After God's Own Heart by David Clark. 
awesome resource. Uh, I recommend that to everyone. I went through that with my wife while we were dating and engaged, and it was phenomenal. Uh, Sacred Marriage by Gary Thomas is a phenomenal book. Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work by John Gottam is, is a good one. The Love Dare is really great. And uh, uh, the One Year Love Language Minute Devotional are all phenomenal ones. And so uh, those are really great resources to use. Um, but you really can't go wrong uh, with any of the, the devotions out there or just reading God's Word. Uh, sometimes you can do it together. Sometimes you can do your own devotions separately, but then come together at some point during the day or some point during the week and just share what God's been doing in your life and teaching you. So any of those are good, uh, and I hope that that's a, a blessing and beneficial to you. Well, uh, that's where we're going to close things off for this week. Again, I hope this whole series has been a blessing to you, giving you some things to think about. Uh, I'm sure we'll cycle back around uh, eventually to uh, a series uh, somewhat like this again, dealing with the family. I think this is really important. Uh, But until then, I hope you all take care. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you again soon.